Welcome back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me, as always, Mr. Andy Molitor. But it's also hunt day. It's Wednesday. That means we have the fabulous Chris Felica on. How you doing, Mr. Felica? How are things? I'm, I'm doing okay. A uh, uh, couple of overtime losers last night in, in college hoops with uh, Utah State and Auburn. But, uh, well, on, on to another day, and we got some golf to worry about. And uh, maybe we'll fire in a money line parlay here, starting with Man City in the afternoon uh, to try and get back on the right side of things. I like yeah. that. How did NBA go yesterday, Alex? Um, I think it was one and one yesterday. The sure. Lakers got us on the team total by a basket. And if you got my first quarter play, it was two and one. But one and one for what we gave out on the show. But I, I know you're licking your wounds a little bit too, huh, Andy? Yeah, I was gonna say I'm licking my wounds. Like I had a miserable night in the in the basketball, and maybe it's, we talk about that it makes you want to get up and not even look at the board. But I did find one play today so far. I'm gonna look at some more. I'm dealing with the golf too, and we were just talking off the air about you know the Mountain West Conference and how good it is. I was talking about maybe doing a Vegas trip for the conference tournament, but. Uh, Chris just brought up the golf and something next year. I just looked into yesterday. I was already pricing tickets. Uh, the Super Bowl is in Arizona next year. The, I believe I'm right. I'm like 99% sure I was right when I looked that up. But either way, whenever year the Super Bowl is in Arizona, I think I almost have to do the waste management Super Bowl double and just see if I can survive it at my age. I'm not 100% sure I could anymore, but that would be that would be a hell of a weekend. Go down there for the waste management. Those tickets in the in the Skybox and 16 are all you can drink, and then go do the Super Bowl experience. I think that has to happen. But, yeah, it's a hell of a week for sports, I think, for sure. Obviously, outside of the Super Bowl even with kind of a first normal tournament. We'll get to golf in a bit. We'll probably just start with the Super Bowl. Uh, looks like you have a lot of prop bets. Did you end up? Anything on the side or total or just kind of tickling I'm, on the prop markets because there's a million to be had? I'm going to I'm gonna probably just play Rams minus the points. Um, and I know the spread really hasn't mattered a lot uh, when, when it comes to picking the Super Bowl. One, it, it, it hasn't mattered. But I just think the Rams are better. I, like, And it just comes down to that, that the Bengals have kind of been doing it with, I don't want to say smoke and mirrors, but they've overcome – some poor offensive line play. They've had teams kind of melt down in, in certain situations, and surprisingly. And look, Burrow and those receivers are great, but I, I just think back to last year's game, and it was staring everybody right in the face. You, you knew the Chiefs' offensive line was a massive liability going into that game, and you knew a quarter in that they weren't going to be able to block uh, Tampa Bay all, all, all day long. And uh, you just get the same sense here that uh, ultimately that Bengals offensive line is going to be a bit of a liability, and, and Burrow and his greatness won't be able to overcome it. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay the points with the uh, with the Rams and, and and see what happens. Yeah, I can take that. I mean, it's I've got a Burrow ticket. It's just. I was able to get a nice price through prop swap, and it's just I'm going to keep backing Joe Burrow because it's kind of fun. But it does seem like that Rams offensive line is finally – or sorry, defensive line is finally going to be the one to maybe get to Burrow. I mean, if Donald – I don't know what Do, if we can bet Donald sacks, Andy. Have you seen that on the deli menu? Can I bet Donald to have a sack? I think that'll be up soon. I'm waiting for someone to put up 
just a a defensive player wins MVP. I'm going to try to find that one. I haven't really dug in yet. I think today and tomorrow are going to be my heavy days as we get into it. But uh, I probably won't have a side or total. It'll just be straight up props for me. But yeah, to, to Chris's point, somebody had a tweet today about like, what if the Bengals just suddenly play like the team that drafted, you know, like fifth last year? You know, it, it has been it has been a, a magical season for them, and the run through the playoffs has been something. And Burrow's playing like somebody who's been in the league for ten years at times, but it's still it's so hard to do this four games in a row. And the Rams are a very good team, so I tend to agree that the the favorite is the favorite for a reason. But uh, Chris sent over some props. These are ones you're on already. Then, yeah, no, these are all things that I, that I've played. Um, I, I played uh, T Higgins to. To score anytime it plus money in the game, you, 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 everyone's talked about the, the Ramsey versus Chase uh, deal. And, and look, the Bengals receiving core is good. And if you expect that they're going to be behind in the game, like I do, I would expect Higgins and or Boyd to even to be someone that that does score a touchdown if, if they're focusing on uh, containing Jamar Chase. I mean, look, look, Higgins is the guy that. He hasn't scored in the playoffs, but he hasn't had, he's had 19 targets the last two games. So it's not like Burrow doesn't look for him in big situations. He had the big catch uh, in, in overtime in the AFC Championship game as well. So I think I think Higgins to uh, to, to score any time is something that I, I would look at. Uh, the the Mixon, I, I think on the last time I was on the show, I may have given out the, uh, the Mixon um, under uh, rushing prop. I mean, if you look at six of his last eight games, um, he's been under the, the total and the two times he's gone over the total. Um, he went over by a yard once and the other time he needed overtime to get there. Uh, he, he's averaging like three and a half yards per carry over the last month and a half of the season. Uh, really good Rams rush defense. And again, uh, you, the way you expect the game to go, you don't think that Joe Mixon's going to be running the ball uh, if, if they're chasing points all game. So that was one that I looked at uh, and then a couple of the other ridiculous, well, not ridiculous, but um, the, the, the kicking props, I think were interesting. Uh, Evan McPherson, everybody's playing him for MVP. Everybody's playing him over point total. And again, I'll, this is why I'm not really going crazy with the, with the side in the game, because a lot of the props that I'm playing are like plus money or minus one hundred five, minus one ten, that kind of indicate the Rams winning the game. I played Evan McPherson under, uh, one and a half field goals, just because I don't think they're going to be in a position where the kicking field goals is going to be something that is going to get them back in the game. So everybody loves McPherson, but I'm going to be the ultimate contrarian and play under. Um, I'm going to look at maybe play, uh, not maybe, but I'm going to look. I played uh, over two and a half players to attempt to pass. Uh, that I think I got it plus two fifty five or so on on DraftKings. Look, I mean we know Burrow. We, we know Stafford obviously going to throw balls, but we, we've seen the Rams in the past have some situations where, whether it's been Johnny Hecker with a with a fake punt, whether it's been OBJ throwing an option pass, uh, maybe God forbid somebody gets hurt and has to come out for a play, uh, and we see a backup quarterback come in, or uh, it's a blowout and, and a backup comes in just to get a a couple of plays. So I think there are a lot of avenues where you can get that third guy. To, to throw what what happens if a, uh, a snap on a, a field goal or an extra point gets a, a field goal gets botched and they want up throwing throwing the ball for forward pass um it happens so that that was something that I thought was worth a uh, play and then uh, I played uh, no touchback 
on the opening kickoff. But then the numbers come down, and it's something that I've kind of played every year just because yeah. the math of it, if, if you if you play it out, I, I think it's now 26 of the last 28 years the opening kickoff has not been a touchback. And um, give Pat McAfee, I'll give him credit on this because this was something that he brought up last year, um, that – the, the football is like kicking a brick on the opening kickoff of the Super Bowl. It's not where you're practicing with a bunch of balls all week and you get to squish him and have a nice, fat, soft, sweet spot on, on the ball and they're broken in. It's like, yeah, here, here's a new ball. You kick it off, ball goes out of play, and and then it gets sent to the uh, to the Hall of Fame. So it, it, it's not a ball that's going to be conducive to to traveling 70 yards in the air. So I'll give I'll, – I'll give, uh, uh, Pat McAfee, the, uh, the the credit for that, and I, I will back the no touchback on the opening kickoff. I love that angle, and I love the over two and a half players pass attempt. Not only is that just a really fun bet, but you've got two creative coaches here, and you know you've listed all kind of the things that could happen, you know, in the normal range of things. But we know McVeigh doesn't mind getting creative. Um, has Beckham thrown a pass for them yet? I know he threw some passes for the Giants, but I'm curious to see. We might get just kind of an interesting play there. It's the Super Bowl, you know. It's, we've seen what happens. Yeah, he he hasn't since the the trade, but he has thrown passes in his career. Hacker and Cup have thrown passes already this year. Tyler Tyler Boyd, I believe that there was one receiver when I, I did look this up for the Bengals. There was a receiver that's thrown a pass, but like like Chris said too, all it takes is you know, a quarterback to get his bell rung and he's down and they call the officials timeout and he has to go out one play, you know, it's likely a handoff, but if he's in the medical tent for three, four minutes, there's a, it doesn't have to be a good pass. This is the thing. Like, like you said on a botch snap or something, it's not like it has to be a good pass. I hopefully maybe not like Garrow, your, uh, what was his name? Your prem, <laughs> your prem, your if, if, if anyone remembers that, I'm not sure if that was even classified as a pass. That was rough, but yeah, it doesn't have to be a good pass. It doesn't have to be a completion. It just has to be a pass. I like that one too. I'll probably, that's just a fun one to cheer for. If you need some, some small stakes, uh, ticklers to play on the Super Bowl for sure. Yeah. It's funny. You, you talked about And I had mentioned the quarterback getting, uh, Bell Ryan was just listening to to Vison before I uh, hopped on here, and uh, and Jason Weingarten, who has a litany yeah. of of props. Everybody knows Jason and some of the stuff that he bets and hits. By the way, uh, he actually was talking to Gill and mentioned that he had played uh, Burrow and Stafford. I believe it was to complete zero, one, or two passes at like five hundred to one in case. Something happened and someone got hurt and, and couldn't come back in the game and and if he goes yeah you don't want that to happen but but if it does you're, you're sitting there holding a a five hundred to one winner of a starting quarterback gets hurt early in the game so if, if you have an appetite for something like that that I I got a kind of a a kick out of his his logic and his reasoning behind that and again no one wants to see Matthew Stafford or Joe Burrow get hurt but. Um, hey, it's football and some it's a violent sport, and the Bengals' offensive line is horrible. And uh, Stafford took some hits last week against the Niners. And hey, I mean, if, if it happens, his his, uh, his rationale makes him look very, very uh, smart and very wealthy. Hits, I'm sure there'll be some DFS lineups like that. I know Andy, when we see some some of those DFS lineups throw up the backup QB, that it's always kind of thing every once in a while. So that'd be yeah. another way to do that. And I did misspeak. Somebody in the chat corrected me here. OBJ did throw. I was looking at the regular season stats. 
OBJ threw that a pass in the playoffs. That's why it didn't oh. come up as uh, mm. he does. He does have the one pass. He has a really nice passer rating for completing that one pass for a touchdown. That's what happens when you don't have a don't have a big sample size. But yeah, I like that one quite a bit. Now I'll, I'll be on a bunch of stuff like that. I enjoy those. I'm gonna I'm putting on the calls today, Super Bowl boards, and everything else I need to get involved in before the weekend. But uh, starting before that, like I mentioned off the top, waste management. I'm excited. Just because it's a fun tournament to watch. It's a good yeah. atmosphere. The players have more fun. I, I even tweeted that maybe from the golf account, but I said, like, they try to make the pro-am. Like, oh, it's fun because there's there's celebrities here. Like, oh, the golfers having fun at the Waste Management is more entertaining than, like, random celebrities at Pebble Beach. Like, I love to see them get the crowd pumped up and have fun with it. And Finau with his Kobe jersey the other year and him interacting with the crowd. Like, it, it's just a good time. So I like that. But I also like that it's on the same course for four days. It's been a pain in the ass for the last month yes, trying to figure out this. You don't have shot link data from some of these courses. Uh, yeah. Have you looked at any outrights for this one this week? Yeah, I played three outrights and um, in one other – Top ten, top twenty. Uh, I, I played Deuce Tayson at forty to one to win, and he was plus two fifty to finish in the top ten. We we, we love Lou. We actually have him to uh, to to win the win a major this year in, in a separate bet. But uh, he hasn't played since November. He withdrew. Uh, his back was was bothering him. But you would think since November he's had time to heal that up. I mean, a guy with a, a short, compact, sweet swing like that who is played really well uh at this event he was tied for 11 tied for third two times he's played so uh, he, he's someone that you're probably going to get a bit more value on this week uh because he hasn't played and, and people haven't seen him lately uh Hideki Matsuyama is someone who uh he's a two-time winner here he's earnings here through the roof uh he's won twice on tour already this year uh, he's 18 to 1 to win which in this field I mean that's a really good price on someone who has had uh, the success that he's had. Um, yeah, last year he struggled. It was a very rare uh, outside the top 15 type finish for him uh, at this event. But you would think that he would bounce back with the way his game has never been in better form than it is now. Uh, my, my throw a dart to win, like a lot of people had with uh, with Tom Hoagie last week, uh, is Andrew Putnam, who is plus, uh, plus 7,000, or 70 to 1, and then uh, plus 700 on to finish. Uh, in the top 10, he's a guy who he's getting close. He was in the mix last week uh, on Sunday at Pebble uh, before falling by the wayside. He finished in the top 15 uh, two weeks ago. Um, so he's someone who's playing well. He had a top 10 finish last year here in this event. He finished seventh. Uh, his short game should give him a, a really good shot at at least, again, being in the mix and, and get seven to one on someone to finish in the top 10. I'll, I'll take my chances with that. And, and, and then uh, one other guy who um, is, is a little bit longer as well. I didn't play him to win just because I think, I think he'll be up against it to win. But uh, Nate Lashley was 11 to one to finish in the top 10 and nine to two to finish in the top 20. Um, top 30 finish at Pebble, which is fine. And as his putter goes, he goes. But at the same time, again, two trips to this tournament, tied for third, tied for 17th. So I figured they're worth, there are worse stabs out there to finish up. Uh, in, for the top twenty and top ten, then uh, then Lashley at those prices. I th yeah, I think people kind of get scared off of some of these bigger names when they see a field like this. Like, oh man, there's so many top players. Like, it just they aren't automatically all going to finish, you know, 
like the odds read right now. There's yeah. always long shots. Like I think I think taking some long shots as top ten, top twenty bets are always good. Like just go look at go look at historic leaderboards at any of these courses, especially a course like this where maybe a lower a lower ranked player who whose game's conducive to this kind of place. And again, it's it's a weird putting surface because it played so fast with the mm-hmm. you know the weird overseeding this time of year and. I mean, some somebody's putter catches lightning. It's like Matsuyama. You said he he won twice. He's a shit putter. Like he just if his putting is okay that week, the rest of his game is going to put him right at the top of the leaderboard. And him being able to solve this week, him being able to solve those greens at Augusta last year and winning is like one of the most unbelievable feats. Uh, I I would. That's why I was against him ever winning the Master. I would have thought it would have been a PGA or an Open Championship that he would win, just because him putting on those glass type greens uh, at a go, or maybe he would have won the Fall Masters because the greens and the course were, were different that year. But I would have never have uh, have expected him to, to solve those greens uh, like he did last year in winning the Master. But to, to back up your point even further about not being scared off these big na- these big prices against the marquee names, like. Who on the back nine on Sunday with Jordan Spieth and Patrick Cantley tied for the lead would have, would have expected someone other than one of those two players to win? I mean, you got two of the top, what, I don't even know what Spieth is ranked uh, anymore in the world ranking, but Cantley is fourth in the world, I think, and, and Spieth is a, is a multiple major champion. And, and here's Tom Hoagie looking for his first tour win, and he's the one that ultimately – uh, wound up uh, victorious and getting his first win. So yeah, all of these guys are are excellent players and capable of uh, of putting together four great rounds. And I think it's one of the differences with golf too. I mean, you think of any other sport like a tennis tournament, you know, a boxing match or something like that. Uh, even a basketball games or other sports, you have to beat these better players. Not in golf, you're out there kind of doing your thing. There's no defense. I mean. Not that you still don't have to score better than them, but they're not out there trying to stop you from scoring. They're not in your way. If you come out and you have four good days of playing golf, which, as we know, all these guys are professional golfers. They all have it in them to come out here and just do something incredible that that we've never seen. So I wonder if that mentality sort of keeps people away. They look at the names at the tops, they get a little scared, but forget again, you know, it's golf. There's no defense. You're you're right. That's It's interesting because I I think back to the, the U.S. Open tennis tournament last year with with Emma Kanu and like she, she's someone who is perceived to be a, one of the next big things in the sport but I, I think people were surprised by her winning beat because like you said she actually had to actually physically go out there and beat these elite players to get there whereas I think there is something to it like in golf it's not you don't necessarily control everything because ultimately you are reliant on how other players perform but it's not a direct correlation you go out and you play your game to the best of your ability you're going to give yourself it's going to take someone with a better individual effort to go out and do it yeah no i'm pumped i'm pumped for this one i like the coverage this year the coverage has been a lot better especially the west coast stuff like nice afternoon evening golf for me so i'll be taking in a lot of this as i lead into obviously super bowl 56 it's gonna be a fun one so we thank you for joining us again this week and good luck with all your prop bets good luck with usti that's the only outright i have this week so far so i might I like just it. i might just stick with him i, I he, he owes me some money over the years so hopefully <laughs> i can get usti home this weekend or at least God, maybe i should take some top five the guy's such a, he's such a bridesmaid maybe i should take a top five with him to go with that 40 to one but yeah uh, hopefully he gets it done I was going to say, yeah, he's got the career grand slam of uh, of, of, of slam runners up. It's funny because the uh, the first Open Championship that I worked uh, was 2010 at St. Andrews 
And I remember having bet uh, Paul Kate went, went into Ladbrokes and, and bet Paul Casey, bet Martin Keimer, and, and bet Rory McIlroy were the three guys that I bet. And in, 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 like after the first round, like we were like, who the he- who the heck is this this Lewis Ustenhaisen guy? And he just went out and absolutely, <laughs> I mean, he was like two hundred to one or something like that. I remember the start of the event, and, and here I am, and, and I and obviously Rory got caught up in the wind in the afternoon on Friday to to basically play himself out of the tournament. I think I think Kesey wound up finishing second, and I think Keimer wound up actually finishing third, and I got beat by by uh, by Louis. But yeah, I, I did bounce back, and uh, I've had uh, Louis at some nights. Uh, Top tens and majors as well. So, but yeah, a, a guy, guy is very easy to root for. Oh, for sure. Oh, he's one of my favorites. So, all right. Well, like I said, hopefully all your props hit, especially the ones that I'm also on because the touchback and the over two and a half passers are definitely making my card. And uh, yeah, good luck this weekend. And we'll talk. Thank Thanks, you. Chris. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Always, always fun. Take care, guys. See you next week, Chris. I forgot I had a golf pick. I didn't even think of this until now. I should should have brought it up during golf. Um, Yeah, this is something that came this morning. I had seen the graphic. I'm like, oh, yeah, I did put this in this morning. But Keith Mitchell, top 20, uh, it's a hard course in some regards. Actually, the the one one half of the course is a lot harder than the other half. But there are some there are some idiosyncrasies to it. There's water in play. There's desert waste areas in play that you need to worry about. But basically, it's a longish kind of longish par seventy one. You are missing, I believe. Yeah, you're missing one of the fives. So you need a guy who can score on the fives that exist. You need a guy who's longish off the tee, and you need a guy who's accurate off the tee because you need the angles. You need the spots to hit into these really firm greens. They're big greens, but if you're if you're not if you're shooting from waste areas and problems like that, you're not going to catch these greens. They're going to be faster throughout the weekend. So Keith Mitchell graded out really well off the tee for me, and I'm really big on just short term form. Like long term form is great, but long term form usually just comes with a low price because it's like. Oh, like John Rahm has good long-term form. Well, no shit. He's the best golfer in the world. Like long-term form is going to really affect price a lot, whereas Keith Mitchell's still a very big long shot to win here. And I, I like him in this top 20 market at plus 310. You can find that at FanDuel, I believe. There's some other places around the world that are offering some decent prices. He's just, he's not a guy I think can win this. Uh, even though Tom Hoagie won last week, I, it is a really tough field, but uh, I think he definitely competes. And outside of a, a – he had a rough round on the on the south course uh, two weeks ago, which I can't blame him. That's a super hard course. Other than that, he's looked really great. He's had a 7th and a 12th over the past three weeks, and I'll take him here for uh, a top 20, and I'll have some more golf bets out this afternoon. I'm going to type something up when I get around to it. And we will uh, we'll just keep betting on uh, Miss Christian, Sister Christian. This is actually the same bet we talked about yesterday. And actually, if you missed it, congratulations. The line has moved against us. She's out better than uh, plus 170. Not necessarily a great sign. I, I might add a little bit more myself. We'll see. But just a reminder, still betting Christian here. I, I just think this is a great spot for her. Indoors, she's been much better. Sasnovich is kind of having a little better season than she's had in the past years. And as someone that isn't going to necessarily lose the match, but I think this is a nice spot for Christian. And I might go back and add a little bit more. Um, again, I played it at plus 155. It got down to like plus 140 yesterday and it's bumped all the way up to like plus 170. And this next one, apologies if you're not listening, this one starts pretty soon. Um, I believe this is the next match up. Maria Sakari is up a set and a break. 
Um, she's in the second set there. looks like she might wrap things up against Alexandrova, but about 15, 20 minutes after that's done, which is probably about 30 minutes from now, Belinda Bencic plays Kaa Uven. Overs have been fantastic in this tournament, and this match looks just like a classic 7-5-6-4 kind of affair. I played 20 and a half. Um, again, 21's fine. At 21, at standard juice or better. It just this, These two are solid servers. Both know how to kind of put just enough pressure on return to kind of keep things in, in stasis. Bencic, you know, kind of her second match since the Australian Open here, still getting into some form, got pushed to three sets by Kudermatova in her first match. Yuvon came up through qualifying, was a winner for us yesterday at a nice underdog price, and just continues to get better and better. I think the serve, the conditions, everything points to this match um, should have a total of 21 and a half, not the 20 and a half we're getting. So 20 and a half, you can find that, I think, even at a decent number. I found that at like minus 105 earlier, or 21 at plus money if you're feeling saucy. I'm down, and congrats to Rybakina for easily moving on. Still, I mean, it's not early, but it's it can get early late if you if you struggle against some of these uh, early competitions when we bet someone. Nice like to that. see her come out. Rybakina, yeah, she she played well. So, Rybakina, one of your outrights, moving on. I still can't remember the third one. Uh, Alexandrova. She's. It doesn't matter. You don't have to worry about it. She's about to lose. Oh yeah. She's dead. She's dead anyway. Yeah. She's about to go down. Um, yeah, college basketball sucked. It kind of sucked for the last week. It, it's tough. As as much as you work on this, it it's it weighs on you mentally when you have a bad stretch, and it's weighs on you mentally two times as heavy as like you remember the good stretch from like two weeks ago where I just crushed it for like four days in a row. Like the the highs are never as high as the lows. So yesterday stunk. I'm gonna dig deeper into the card, tighten some stuff up, but I did play. One so far, I haven't put it on the app. I've just been busy. I'm sorry, guys. But Bellarmine minus two in a Atlantic Sun conference showdown. Bellarmine's not great. They're an above-average team here, but they're taking on a, a bad North Florida team who I think is getting a little more credit than they should be for uh, – they got a weird win against Jacksonville State. I'm not sure what to make of that game. That's uh, maybe J- Jacksonville State's defense is worse than Bellarmine's, but not by that much. I just don't think they're they're not a team that turn turns the other team over. They're not a team that you know is very high on steals and a few other defensive metrics that I value. So that that one I guess makes a little sense in my head. But other than that, um, you know, North Florida is a bad team. They're seven and seventeen. Three of those wins are coming against Division two or lower teams. And outside of the Jacksonville State, like their best win is Austin P at home and that's a bad team so this is uh this is something i have closer to like four despite it being a road team bellarmine i think it's just kind of like a buy low sell high spot with bellarmine like i just said uh their opponent north florida's won two in a row bellarmine's lost two in a row and liberty no no shame in the liberty loss the kennesaw state one kind of stings so bounce back spot on the road here they haven't played since saturday i like them to cover the number on the road with one of the best offenses in the A-Sun. And again, going back to turnover stats, they turn over the ball at the lowest rate in conference play, which I love. So just that one, like, I'll put it in the app right now. Bellarmine. Is it a beach? It reminds me of a beach or something. I don't know why it sounds uh, like a beach to me. It's but. a nice name. It rolls off the tongue. Oh, close it up with uh, the association, huh? Just one play tonight, only six games here on a Wednesday. You know, thought about some other moves. Uh, missed the Bulls, Hornets over. That was a 2.31 early this morning, all the way up to 2.37. I wonder if I'm going to actually come in on the other side there a little bit. I, it's 
just a tough one. Thought about back in the Thunder, the Raptors on the road are laying 10 points in kind of a tough schedule spot, but matchup might dictate the Raptors there. The Jazz only laying two points at home against a Warriors team, kind of missing a lot of guys there. But the angle I did end up on, the Portland Trailblazers team total under 108.5. I know the Lakers are coming off kind of an embarrassing loss last night. Um, I don't know if anybody saw the tweet from Flea. That was probably one of the funniest Laker fan tweets that I've ever actually enjoyed. He apologized to a ref for cursing at him, mostly because he's just bummed everybody beats the crap out of the Lakers now. Um, Unfortunately, I think the Lakers kind of find themselves against a bad team here. The Blazers, we know C.J. McCollum's gone. Norm Powell's gone. Covington's gone. Honestly, if it isn't tied down, it might be gone before the game starts tonight. Um, This is down, it looks like, to 107.5. I'd play this at 107 or higher. It's just hard to figure out where the points come from tonight. And although the Lakers, again, have struggled, defensively it just there's no one that's going to challenge them here on Portland and I, I expect this game maybe to be a little bit slower given that the Lakers will try to control the pace get themselves a win and, and hopefully not run too many of these guys into the ground here tonight so Blazers team total under 107 or higher all right hell of a show that was a long one look at it pert near noon or noon your time pert near 11 here it's still early, but I will close with that. If you like the show, if you like commenting, if you like anything, if you like betting, give us a thumbs up. And also, I'll, I'll put some graphics up for this tomorrow, but I will mention we have a pretty sweet super graph deal. Um, you know, we've been able to give some things away with some of the partners, but we have a partnership with another DFS company in Superdraft. And it basically, I think it's deposit 20 bucks into their system to play their DFS games and they automatically will just send you an email with a hundred dollar fanatics gift card. So anybody who saw like that waste management hat, I posted on the golf site the other day or anything like that, like 20 bucks to get a hundred dollar gift card. Isn't too bad. I will, uh, I'll have those graphics up somewhere and we'll definitely talk about it tomorrow. I think it's just promo code bet spurts when you, when you yep. enter your 20. So go ahead with that. And, uh, thanks a lot guys. We'll check you tomorrow.